Hello and welcome to the third and goal preview show. Derek Carr and the Raiders continue marching on and facing a Miami side without their star quarterback this weekend. The Giants look forward to their first win of the season versus the Falcons and much, much more will be discussed as well. I'm joined tonight by Rob and Dan. How are we doing, gents? I'm very good, Fred. Yourself? Yeah, very good. Very good. After you you took a little dig at the Falcons, (laughs) then we had to restart this episode because... You went into some crazy meltdown waffle. <laughs> he literally said Derek Carr's name in his read-up, and that was it. He was off, wasn't he? He went all, <laughs> he went all fangirled on him. He went all fangirled on the way he went. Superstar quarterback. <laughs> Superstar quarterback. Guys, obviously, we're going to have a look ahead uh, to week three, and I know you've picked a couple of games yourselves. Dan, if you want to start and uh, talk about your game. I've picked probably the worst game on the whole slate of the week. Um, I've got the 0-2 Falcons at the 0-2 Giants. Um, reason for picking it, to be fair, is from week one to week two, both these sides showed a marked improvement, I'd say. Um, I think they've both got a way to go to be competitive, but there's a big difference for me in this league between 0-2 and are in three. Um, one's recoverable. One feels like it's probably not recoverable. I watched the Giants-Washington game. Uh, the Giants were unlucky there. Daniel Jones has had his doubt was throughout, but actually I think he was probably the best player on the field that night. Um, he did very well. Atlanta's still haven't turned up. I don't know. I just, I just feel it's it's probably not the most exciting game. It's probably going to be an absolute shower of, you know, what is going to be mistakes and errors. I mean, the Falcons are averaging 40 points against the game. Both teams are turning the ball over a lot. Their third down efficiency is atrocious. They're, they're giving up yards all over the place. They're giving up penalties everywhere. But somebody's going to have to win this game. Um, and for somebody it could be a a stepping stone on and a path in the right direction and something to build upon for the other are in three and a loss to the, the sort of team that they're up against really puts some some doubt on the remainder of their year for me to be honest with you so that's why I've chose Atlanta and the Giants um, personally how do I see it going as I say, I think Daniel Jones was the, the best player on the field in the last game. Atlanta shown signs of improvement. I think the lack of run game is killing them, even though Cordell Patterson cut through the Bucks at times with scary ease for, for some of his as little ability as he has. Um, <laughs> the Falcons are apparently trying out John Brown. Smokey is in town. Um, I'd quite like that move for him. I think that would be a good pick-up if the Falcons can do it. And if he's fit enough to, to get any reps in or anything like that, I think that would be a good pick-up. Um, but the Giants, for me, at home, I think are probably, I'm going to say a better team. They're, they're probably not as good on offense. They're probably slightly better on defense. So I think overall the Giants probably just about scrape it. I don't know, a field goal to a safety. So we call it 3-2 or something like that. 
I like your I like your commentary on Dan Jones. To be fair, Dan being serious for a moment, he was very unfortunate last week, wouldn't he? He obviously had one six-yard rushing touchdown, would have had a, a second touchdown as well, but obviously got called back, didn't he? Um, and I don't think he's anyone that. I don't think he's someone that anyone was too excited by prior to the season. Not that he's gone out and done massively exciting things, but he's been pretty good. Um, and it's not the, you know, he's got a few weapons there. And obviously, he's got Saquon um, as a running back as well. He was okay the other night, wasn't fantastic. You know, if he hits his stride as well, and, you know, Jeremy they're Russell's easing Saquon night. in, right? They're easing Barkley in. He had 13 carries the other night. Mm. He's got a longer week this week. So I think Saquon will see more of the ball. Why would you not give Saquon Barkley more of the ball? Um, yeah, so for me, he, Saquon Barkley is probably the best player in the whole field in both these teams combined, let's face it, if he's in form uh, and on fire. So Dan Jones, yeah, Saquon's coming back. We get more ball. He's good enough to hurt Tampa defence. Not the Tampa defence, the, the Falcons defence, sorry. Dan Jones did okay in the week, 22 for 249 yards. The forgotten names there. Obviously, they brought in Kenny Golladay. Hasn't quite delivered what they've paid a lot of money for him to do yet. Um, but Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton are hanging around and still delivering. They're kind of the forgotten names there at the minute. Um, but Sterling Shepard certainly is is turning up and playing football. So, yeah, I think the Giants just have too much. I'm sorry, Rob. I know you're probably going to disagree, but... Well, you're certainly going to hope to disagree. All I'm going to say is the Giants will win. We're in a large amount of fantasy football leagues together, Dan, and in every one of those, you've tried to draft or have drafted Matt Ryan, Calvin Ridley. I've seen you go for Patterson on waiver wire. Yeah, late round in some drafts. Yeah, uh, I've not but seen you. Get Hayden Hurst. I'm big on Hayden Hurst late in rounds because I thought he'd. Still play tight end because Pitts will play slot receiver. Yep. And the Falcons will be behind by a Golladay or Stealing Shepherd. Yep. To be honest, Stealing Shepherd is one of my go-to late round uh, pickups because he always seems to outperform his uh, ADP. He certainly does for me. My basis uh, was on the point that I thought the Falcons would be fifteen to twenty points down in the fourth quarter, and and therefore garbage time. And garbage time is king in fantasy, obviously. Yeah. Um. But, you know, I'm going to slightly disagree with you. I think when you said that the um, Giants are slightly better than us on defence, I think the Giants are way ahead of us on defence. But I think we should be way ahead of them on offence. Our offence, what's letting down our offence at the minute is our atrocious offensive line. And, um, you know, it can't create space for a run game it can't create protection for a passing game um which is we did see an improvement against the books which was as much as it pains to say me one of the toughest games in football um and i'm just hoping that we'll see another improvement again from week one to week two again from week two to week three and uh, i'm sure if we do we'll have enough to uh and I mean, yeah, as you say, the, the Giants are dreadful against tight ends. They're, they're the full first against tight ends, their defence, and you've got what people expect to be one of the best for a long time in Kyle Pitts, who's yet to quite turn up on the big stage, but what he has done, he's looked capable. 
uh, and shown flashes. So, you know, maybe there's a big game in store for him. And obviously, Hayden Hurst, you have got who has shown near and near he can be a, a decent pass catching tight end. So maybe that's where you are. But I can't see you beating the Giants. Fred, settle this one. Oh, you know where I'm going with this, Dan. Yeah, Rob, don't know. Ty. No, I'm going to go Giants. I'm going to... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, purely, uh, the Falcons' defence have looked inept at times so far this year. Um, maybe, you know, in hindsight, as I said in the previous one, Eagles are a little bit better than what I thought they would be, so there is that as well. Um, and obviously the Bucks are probably one of the hardest teams to face uh, defensively as a side, but yeah, I think... <laughs> John Jones, Colladay, and Barkley might just have a bit too much for him, and uh, yeah, that, that O line don't seem to protect Matt Ryan as much as he needs, no, in spite of the weapons you have. Um, so they, they've got to step up a little bit as well for me. I think you've got a well within your grasp to go and win that game, but there's nothing I've seen so far this year that suggests you're going to go and do that. Well, I'm not going to say anything else until we review this next week and then I'm going to laugh at your birth. Hey, uh, hopefully you'll say you do because I'm free, as I've just said, and the reason I picked the game is that that's season over. Well, so just forget it, give up, look forward to Christmas and spend some more family time. I don't know. but <laughs> <laughs> you had to work late, Rob. You won't have to rush home for that six o'clock finish anymore. You're looking at all the extra work you can do staying late. Not likely that I've got to go down to London for week five, but uh, let's not worry. Right. We'll be two and two by the time the London game comes around. We'll be going into our bye week three and two. I think, you know, if you don't beat the Jets and you're not five at that point, then I'd... I really would give up, mate. I really would. If we've not won a game by the time the Jets game comes around and then we lose to the Jets, I think it's time to just shut down the franchise. <laughs> Dropping Zach Wilson's interceptions into the hands of their receivers, wouldn't it be? I can see it. I can see it now. Rob, moving on to a game where there's two teams who are a bit more hope than the last two we spoke about, which obviously you're looking to cover. Tell us about the one you're covering. Um, well, I've gone for the Colts and Titans. Um, spoke about the Colts quite a bit last year, saying... The good offensively, good defensively. Uh, Titans, obviously, everybody knows what they've got offensively, but they cannot stop anybody defensively. Um, the Titans got shown up, um, probably unexpected against the Cardinals, losing 38 13 in week one. Um, they got a win on the board in week two with an overtime win against uh, Seattle, winning 33-30 when Derrick Henry arrived and got 182 rushing yards. And uh, he who shall not be named got 128 receiving yards. Um, The Colts, on the other hand, they've lost both their games. They've also lost to, well, they've lost to, not also lost because the Titans beat them, but they've lost to Seattle. 28-16 28-16 week one. And uh, they lost by a field goal to the Rams in week two. And um, Carlton went, went out of the game, injured for a short period. He's out 
did actually retain, but that seemed to be in a spell on red zone where five or six quarterbacks all left the game injured. Mm. Um, I think all bar two of them did come back into the game, but I was sort of worried for <laughs> all starting quarterbacks in the NFL at that point. Um, well, yeah, I think it's going to be a good game. I think the Colts are a good team. Titans are a very good team. Um, you know, they're probably still trying to work things out offensively after losing their offensive coordinator um, in the offseason. Tannehill put up 347 passing yards last week, which was an improvement from 212 against the Cardinals. Derek Henry got three times the amount of rushing yards that he did get. Um, Dan alluded to off-air that he got something like six receptions um, as well. Um, so I think it's just going to be a, an interesting game between two good teams. And, you know, I think the, the Colts, they're not, uh, they've had two tough games to start the season. They've got a third tough game. They've got a tough game in week five against the Ravens. Uh, week four might help them if with Tua being out. Um, so, yeah, I just think it's going to be a, a good game. Do you think it's more important for the Colts then to go and get a result, bearing in mind the strength of schedule, perhaps, than the Titans? I know, obviously, every win's important for both sides, but, you know, it's a Ravens side that's just gone and beaten the Chiefs. Yeah, I think when you look at the Titans' schedule after that, they've got the Jets and the Jaguars. Colts have then got the Dolphins and the Ravens. Um, I think the Colts' schedule is more difficult, I would say, um, looking at it marginally. They play a lot of the same teams, obviously. Um, But I think for the Colts to be... Norton three. It's like Dan said, if you if you've got a good team like the Colts have, it's not season over. If the Falcons or the Giants are Norton three, it is season over for a team like that. But a team like the Colts or the Titans, the Titans have obviously won a game. But if the Titans were Norton two and they were potentially going to be Norton three, for a team with that sort of skilled players and the ability that they've got. Norton 3 doesn't have to mark the end of the season for them. They've still got time to turn it around with the quarters they've got. Um, having said that, you don't want to be in that position because it is going to have a knock on your confidence. It is going to have a knock on your belief. It is more difficult than you start worrying that, well, what if we lose the next game and we're not in 4? And then the game after that and we're not in 5? Um, so it's that how they deal with that mental aspect of continually losing games and getting that win on the board as soon as possible is is going to be going to be key for them. Um, you know, playing the Ravens in week four, having a look at it two weeks in advance, we've got to fancy the Ravens on that. I think they'll beat the Texans in week six. Um, but then they got San Francisco. Then they got the Titans again. Uh, in week seven and eight. So, yeah, they're going to have to start putting wins on the board. They're going to fancy, they'd have fancied themselves to be a playoff team before the season started. Um, but they're going to have to start stringing some win- wins together somewhere. But the Titans, 
think they're a playoff team as well. So they're not going to want to be one and two. They're going to be two and one to be two and one. So it's a game might be more palatable for both teams if they'd have both won the first two games and they're going into it two and oh. Mm. And one of them ends week three, three and oh, and the other one ends two and one. But realistically, the best case scenario is that one ends two and one and all the others one and two and the others two and one. That's the same sort of thing that I've just said. But <laughs> I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Dan's trying to say something, but what? he's muted himself. Uh, man, I was thinking cold to keep muting myself to cough everywhere so that I don't disturb and put everyone off whatever they're doing while I'm <laughs> Fucking you were coughing. It, so. Ignore me um, but yeah, if, if that sort of makes sense, then I'm sure, you know, they're two good teams that won't want to be in this position after week three and somebody's, you know, the Colts more likely are going to be in a position that they don't want to be in after three weeks. Hmm. Well, coming on to another two teams that, well, one of them's going to be one and two probably by the end of this uh, this week, Patriots, Saints. I'm going to start with the Saints on this one. And, you know, obviously week one, a super impressive win against the Packers. And I've spoken about a sort of variety well, of reasons. Well, Fred, we've not done his predictions. Oh, sorry, Rob, apologies. Before <laughs> we do, who's winning? Before we do, just to let you both know, a little fact around the Colts-Titans game. Go on. Do you realise the Colts have won eight of the last nine road games they've had in Tennessee? I did not. Well, there's a stat. Now, Tennessee, you're picking Rob. Time. <laughs> Irrespective of that stat. Dan, who are you going for? I was going for the Titans before that stat, but <laughs> yeah, I'm still going for the Titans. They're the better team. Yeah, I'm going to be a sheep and also go Titans on that one. All right. No one's making any ground there, then. No. Sorry, carry on. Sorry, anyway, yeah. So, two teams, though. I mean, one of them will end up one and two um, by the end of week three, uh, you'd have thought. Obviously, the Saints-Patriots. I'm going to start with the Saints and, you know, super impressive win week one at the Packers. And I think there's probably a a few bits going on there week one. Um, Packers, which have supposedly been healed week two Packers. We saw Aaron... Roger speaking Spanish after the game and all sorts and being the life and soul of the party, which he certainly wasn't week one. But uh, that week one Saints team, Jermaine's, uh, well, Winston going five touchdowns of 148 yards, superbly prolific quarterback, 14 of 20, no INTs thrown, is his favourite thing to do in previous season. And Alvin Kamara having a good game there as well. So it came crashing back down against a well-organised Panthers outfit who, um, yeah, seemed to be... Pretty good, you know, honestly, on the offense. But my concern with the Saints there, I think you probably saw a more realistic version of Winston. Um, and coming into this Patriots game, Patriots do have a very good defense and a uh, very good pass rush. I think you're going to see Winston come under more pressure, really. Last week, he went 11 of 22 for 111 yards and two INTs, which is probably more familiar with the, the Winston. Maybe Dan remembers a little bit with uh, Tampa. Did he go 30 for 30? 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions? He sure did, and we had a game at Tottenham where I think there was five interceptions thrown in one game against the Panthers, um, which was a very miserable day <laughs> in my life. <laughs> so, I mean, I'd be, be interested to see what Winston turns up, to be honest with you, but, you know, I think you saw a relatively well-organised Panthers 
outfit last year and the Patriots big strength probably you know is, is their defense in reality and in the pass rush I think you're going to see Winston come under a lot of pressure and probably not really be able to cope too well um, with that obviously you can never rule out a side with Alan Kamara in uh, on offense but even he had a pretty naff week last week and you know they're, they're not a bad run defense either um, the Patriots I mean I think also quite a few very careful because obviously we're incredibly biased but there's quite a few positives for the Patriots I think Mac Jones has slotted in really nicely I think he fits into that Bilicek style of quarterback um, he's been incredibly competent I think probably the one I think he's passed he's 73% on completion 73.9% on completions pass rate of 96.7 which is pretty good I think any Patriots fan would have snapped the handoff um, for that it's, it's nice to see a quarterback who can make third down throws as well which obviously we didn't have last year and the one slight criticism which is very very harsh and honestly is you know he's not throwing an awful lot of touchdowns you know a lot of touchdowns do come through Harris do come through um sort of the running backs which is fine they do have a good running back room the Patriots um and that's something that probably he needs to grow but it's week two and he's been the most impressive rookie on shows so far without setting the world alight um I think the Patriots are quite well organized I don't think they're Great, great side or anything like that, but I think they're going to probably have too much for the Saints on both sides of the ball. In all honesty, I think for me the difference in the Saints we've seen one Saints against Green Bay turn up and look incredible, and then they turn up against Panthers and looked abysmal. Mm. The difference in the games for me was they turned up against Green Bay and played the game from in front, so they can use Kamara, they can use a run game. They was ahead in the game, they can manage the clock. I think. When they played the Panthers, they fell behind early on. And that takes away some of the run game because of the clock management. And you watch some of the throws Winston tries to make. And there's probably only one guy in the league that can make them. And his name is Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Standing, jumping backwards and trying to lob the ball 35 yards. And yeah, you watch it, Mahomes does it. And he makes it look so easy. And you see the video of it and you go, hey, I can do that. Well, Winston tries to do it. But there's just one big thing missing, and that is that he isn't Patrick Mahomes, and he actually can't do that, despite the fact in his head he thinks he can. Um, but that, for me, is the difference in the Saints. They can get ahead and manage the clock and run the ball. I think they'll look good, because they'll run the ball, they'll step the linebackers up into the box, and then they've got the deep shots on. And Winston's got the arm to make deep throws if you're, if you're going to snap the box. If they fall behind... They take those off. They'll give you the the drop downs, the two three yard gains. They'll they'll the, the team get to the ball and the Saints then don't have that option. That's when Winston goes looking as he did for the Bucks many times for that 30, 40, 50 yard magic pass to 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 create a spark and get them back in the game. And so yeah, as I say, sadly he isn't as good as he maybe thinks he is. Sometimes he needs to recognise when. Taking the check down and picking up eight on a on a second down is is okay. He doesn't have to find a thirty five yard pass. I think you're. I think that's a good point, Dan. I think also it's quite true of the Patriots. So another side who find game management a lot easier in front of the in front of the score, of course, which I guess most sides do. You could argue, but again, you know, you've got although Matt's making a lot of third down completions, he's not throwing touchdowns. You're reliant on the running backs for those touchdowns a lot of the time. Um, and if you've got it's not one dimensional, I think it's a bit harsh and a bit overcritical of the Patriots. But in terms of their scoring of touchdowns, it's pretty one dimensional. You can set your defense up for that, and they haven't landed. Uh, Mac hasn't you know, landed his touchdown throws, so they've, they've had to try and run the ball in every time. 
pretty much so far. And I think that's probably where they came unstuck against Miami in week one. And in reality, where they should be probably 2-0 and um, is that, you know, Miami knew they were going to run the ball and Zarian Howard's a beast and, and took care of Damien Harris. And Damien Harris has therefore fumbled mm. it. And, um, you know, they're both sides that want to be ahead of the game because of the way they play football. But the Patriots, in theory, should come past that. I think the Saints with Winston... <laughs> As a quarterback, probably that's where they stop. That's probably their ceiling. They've got, you know, they've got to be in front, and they're not going to develop new ways to win games whilst Winston's at quarterback. I don't know about you, Rob. Do you see it differently? Um, I think, like Dan said, this for me was sort of a toss-up, mainly because the Saints looked so good against the Packers, and then so bad against the Panthers. And for me, when I made my prediction it came down to which team I hated the least um, which was marginal it was marginal but, um, I hate the Saints more so I've actually gone for a Patriots win um, but I do agree with you know what Dan says if they get ahead and they've got someone like Alvin Kamara where they can use to run the ball they can chew that clock away um, when you look at their wide receivers they've got Michael Thomas which who's out Traquan Smith is out. You know, they've got Marquez Calloway as their wide receiver number one on their depth chart at the minute. Yep. Uh, backed up by Deontay Harris and Little Jordan Humphrey. And, um, you know, it's not a great set of wide receivers to be running with, is it? So, um, you know, they, those wide receivers did play well against Green Bay. You can't you can't knock them, but they're still not a set of wide receivers that ideally an NFL team wants to be running with with uh, with nobody of any note above them. And that does put more emphasis on Kamara. But you know that is going to be more effective if they can get a couple of scores ahead of the Patriots. Then the Patriots might be in trouble because someone the quality of Kamara chewing the clock down. Um, but if the Patriots get ahead and um, that forces the Saints to try and chase the game, we all know Winston loves throwing an exception. He's not got the greatest wide receivers around him. Uh, they've got a rookie to tight end in Adam Troutman, who I don't believe has really had the, the best two games to start anyway. So I think it's probably going to be who can get ahead first and how far ahead can they get. Oh yeah, I think I agree with you. Like two scores kills this game, surely. That's you gonna know, just say how the other team reacts to it. And um but because I hate the thing so much, I have gone for a Patriots win. Dan? Yeah I I've gone for a Patriots win too. Um I just think that Winston will have a mistake in him somewhere. And if there's a better defensive coach in mind in the game to take advantage of a quarterback's mistake, then Bill Belichick will yet to see him. So he will, you know, if we can sit here and go, Winston's going to struggle and he's going to have to try and make that long pass because that's what's in his nature. Belichick spotted that a long time ago. Belichick will entice him into that. Belichick will give him a big play or two. He'll let him build his confidence, knowing full well that the next time he offers it up, he'll have it cut off. Um, I think that 
that, yeah, Bill Belichick will have that defense set and ready and and playing. So I think that the Patriots get ahead, and I think it could be a the game could go a similar way to how the Saints game went this week. I think I think it'd be a bit tighter, um, but I do see the Patriots winning it comfortably, double digit win, ten twelve point win, something like that for me. Yeah, I, I'm inclined to agree. I'm also a big fan of really logical choices, so I'm going to go Patriots win as well um, for, for a lot of the reasons that you guys mentioned and the ones I did. I did too. I mean, there's uh, other games happening in week three, of course. What's uh, What you got your eye on, Dan? Uh, week three, Tampa, obviously. <laughs> How can you not? Well, it would be funny. It's a, Hell of a game, the right? NFC Championship game, right? Tampa away at uh, LA Rams. It's the it's Tom Brady's first time playing a team in LA. It's his fifth time playing the Rams in a fifth different city. Mm. How's that for a fact? Um, so I think that stands out a, a bit for me. I'm looking forward to it. It's, uh, it's going to be a test for both teams. Uh, I am worried about it, actually, going to be worried because. The, the passing game of the Rams has looked very good since Stafford's come in, and we're struggling at, in our secondary um, to be able to cope with anybody. So, yeah. And, and obviously, we've just seen that um, Antonio Brown's gone on the COVID list as well now, so he could potentially miss the game, um, which... I'm okay with if there's any position we're going to lose somebody at. Wide receiver is probably the place the Bucks can afford to lose somebody at most. Um, but I just want to see us get a running game going, please. Because so much of what Brady does, and Brady does well, comes off a of play action that steps up the box and opens other things up. Um, but without a run game, there's there's no point in having a play action at all. So I'd like us to try and get some form of run game going in that one. But, I mean, other than our own game, Packers 49ers, I think could be a very good game. Something Quickly, like Dan, on your, on your game, uh, like, yeah. do you think that'll be a close game? Because, I mean, if you're a Rams fan, this is why Stafford's here. He's here to win big games that Goff couldn't win. I know it's only week three, but it's still reigning Super Bowl champions, isn't it? Can they push you or are you sort of feeling, I know you're worried about Stafford, but... I think at the minute, in terms of the way they've looked in weeks one and weeks two, I'd say the Rams are a better team than we do right now. They look a more rounded team than we do right now. Um, they look good on offense. They look solid on defense. Um, they're, they're level with us on passing. They're above us on rushing. I think it's going to be tight. They're matching us to say they're matching us for total yards game. Looking at the stats here, they're oh, mind you, the Bucks are up. 39.5 points per game, which is pretty scary as well, to be honest with you. Yeah, if we can put up 40 points every game, I think we should win every game. But I don't know. It's the first time for a while coming into this that I think we might struggle. Um, it's going to be close, I think. I think it's going to be really close. It's going to be fine margins. And yeah, you're right. For the Rams' point of view, they, they brought in Matt Stafford exactly for this occasion, these games and these oppositions. So uh, the minute he's looked good, so we'll see if it continues, I guess. Anything else caught your eye? I was going to say Green Bay 49ers for me. Um, 
Green Bay didn't turn up week one, looked decent week two. 49ers are, are strolling along, but still look like they're kind of hobbling and limping and not quite fully fit, if you will, metaphorically speaking, I guess, that they're still finding their feet. Um, but again, you know, there's a reality where that could be the NFC Championship game. Green Bay 49ers. No reason why not, right? So, especially when you get to the wildcard week and you get to the playoffs and so on, one game, there's there's an argument to be made that both of those could make that NFC Championship game. So, yeah, I'm intrigued to see how, how that comes out as well. I think that could be a, a tough game. Rob, where are your, what's caught your eye? Um, I agree with Dan. Rams, Bucks, <clears throat> um, something, again, we've all spoken about um, in the off-season was one of these teams that were a quarterback shy of being able to elevate themselves to being a Super Bowl contender and the Rams were one of those and we all agreed that adding someone like Stafford into the Rams helped them achieve that and you can see from the first two weeks um, that Stafford has improved them. I do feel sorry for them losing Cam Akers because I feel like you know Cam Akers was fit can you imagine what this Rams team would look like? Dan's already said they look good on offense, look good on defense. I agree with him. But if you threw Cam Akers in there as well, it's quite a scary, scary thought. Um, Cooper Cup went off on on uh, Sunday. And I don't mean went off injured. I mean went off like 160 yards, made some great catches, some great runs, looked incredible. They've got Robert Woods in there as well. Um, it is going to be a great game between... It should be, right? On paper? Yeah. Yeah, between two really, really good teams. And, um, yeah, I think rather than... Once the Falcons have destroyed the New York Giants, <laughs> um, I think rather than go to Red Zone, I'll probably just put, I'll probably just put the Rams' books on, to be honest, and just watch that. Rather than red, so sky, yeah, I'll put sky on then uh, and watch it on sky. Yeah, well, we've got a bit of money there, have you, mate? Both, both uh, all bases covered. Is it what? Got a bit of money there, all bases covered, doing well, mate. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, other than that, I don't know, Chiefs Chargers, um, Chiefs obviously lost this weekend and they're looking to bounce back, but the Chargers are no mugs themselves, um. I'm sure the Chargers will be thinking, you know, we can really knock the Chiefs duck off here by dealing the second loss in three weeks. Um, Falcons Giants, obviously, I know we touched upon that earlier. Um, you two have written them off, and I'm just looking forward to to us winning a game. Um, <laughs> You know, if we don't win that one, then... Um, Sorry, did I laugh out loud then? Sorry, I didn't mean to. <laughs> then I'm struggling. And Cowboys-Eagles as well, I think. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, divisional rivals, Cowboys have, have looked pretty good. Um, obviously, the loss to the Bucks in week one. Um, Eagles have won one, lost one. But, you know, I think we've all agreed that they probably look better than than what everybody thought they would do. Um, so as a divisional matchup, that's that's one to look forward to for me as well. 
Yeah, I agree with that last one particularly. I think it's a bit, it's a real test for the Eagles in the sense of uh, I probably didn't have them down to beat Atlanta particularly as comfortably as they did week one, but they went and did, and I didn't have them to run San Francisco as close as they did either. It's been interesting, but this is a real test for them in the sense of, you know, if they want to get the playoffs realistically, I don't think they're going to grab enough wins finishing second to get into the playoffs. So they need to beat the Cowboys, really, particularly in a divisional game, um, which it is, obviously, to, um, yeah, to, to go and get enough wins to get in that playoffs. And if it's the Eagles that we've seen the first two weeks, they've got a good chance. But then, obviously, Dak and that Cowboys team are so highly powered on offense, they can keep you in games till very, very late, even a score and a half, two scores down. So, you know, they're, they're never going to be out that game unless the Eagles run right, which I didn't quite see happening. That aside, I think there's a lot more clear-cut games this week. I mean, you guys obviously had a good look at a few, all the teams now, really. And, you know, obviously, <laughs> for the Jags to be facing up to the Cardinals, 0-2, and two, and Trevor Lawrence having a horrifically low passer rating last week, that's surely not going to improve too much. And, that camp are probably going to go zero and three, and the cards obviously being super impressive. But that's like you know, Chiefs Chargers. I think like you said Chargers name rugs, but I think Chiefs are going to go go win there. Bills should go and beat Washington. Um, Steelers Bengals intrigues me a little bit there. To be honest with you, I'm going to be a bit tighter than um, yep. tighter than it might look on paper. But otherwise, yeah, you expect Ravens to go two and one. I think, and the Raiders to go and beat the Dolphins. Minus two, so I think this pretty much covers most of those off, really, doesn't it? Just quickly, it's just come out that Sean McVay, Mr. Walkthrough today, is feeling under the weather. Apparently, his COVID test has come back negative. Um, but obviously, if he does test positive, that could be huge if the Rams do miss their head oh, coach. Yeah. He's talking about how close that game is and how it'd be such a a game of fire margins. Well, missing a head coach is a pretty big margin. Mm. Yeah, especially when he's got such a <clears throat> dynamic mind, doesn't he? Influence on everything, but particularly the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. He has a knack for reading a game, doesn't he? And, and play calling to suit and, and surprising as well. So, hey, uh, I guess it's someone's health. Let's hope he's okay first and foremost and football second, right? Yes, definitely. Well, in which case then, guys? Anything else? No, I'm pretty uh, pretty happy. I think the only thing, only team we didn't mention, Seahawks, Vikings, but I think we're going to see the Seahawks. Well, that could end like 50 all, couldn't it, to be honest? <laughs> On nil nil. <laughs> what, what was that game I said about earlier? Was it the college game? Ended 74 72. I reckon <laughs> so Seahawks, yeah. Vikings could end 74 72. Jesus. Let's just. I don't know. Maybe we should just put the offences out and get. The offense to play both sides of the ball just for a laugh and just see how they get on. Just leave the offensive players on the field for the whole hour and just see what pans out from it. And It'll be fun. Jets gonna get thumped by the Broncos. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Teddy Bridgewater. Well, Teddy Bridgewater's not looked very steady, Teddy anymore, is he? He's got no. the most air yards of any quarterback attempt. So um, he's looking very good, to be honest with you. So. Mm. Oh, yeah, no, Broncos win that one. That wraps us up quite nicely. So, thanks for listening, um, guys, and um, yeah, hope to uh, hope to be in New Year's again soon. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye.